0: of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. I'm back. I know. I've missed you guys. It's been a while since I've been here on the program. I've been running around all over the Northeast, uh, or northeast visiting friends and family and uh, looking forward to being back and joining you today because yes I am in fact your humble host and today looking forward to talking about what has government done with our money but first before we get there want to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor and that is the Expat Money Show head over to showcom forward slash expat and check out the Expat Money Podcast uh, where you can go ahead and learn how Mikel Thorpe can protect the, help you protect the money you work so hard to earn from ambulance chasing lawyers nefarious creditors and greedy unjust governments, and oh, by the way, uh, going ahead and checking out the Expat Money Show is a great way to get ready for November 7th through November 11th, the Expat Money Summit, and uh, it's going to be five days, 30 expert speakers, and uh, one of those speakers happens to be the one and only Ron Paul, so head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat, and get your free, yeah, free tickets uh, today. One more time, com forward slash expat. All right, folks. So with that being said, looking forward to talking about today, what is in fact uh, happening to our money and what is government doing to our money? And uh, joining us today to talk about that from you though Bishop. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Brian. Glad to join you.
0: Thanks, though, for joining us. Looking forward to this conversation, and I'm really looking forward to discussing and promoting what you guys are doing over at Mises U and helping, yeah, bring this conversation to the public. What is government doing to our money? And uh, you guys have an amazing video series over on YouTube that we're going to go ahead and talk about. But first, let's go ahead, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. And what are you guys doing over there at Mises U?
1: Yes, yeah, so, like, Mises U was last week, always the best week of the year. We had uh, students from all around the world coming in. Fortunately, not, not as many in the past. We're still kind of working through uh, COVID craziness in that regard. But, uh, you know, when you get you know, some of the greatest scholars in the Austrian tradition, you know, in Auburn at the Mises Institute, um, you know, it's always a great program. Uh, you know, a lot of late nights, still still recovering from everything going on last week. But it's always a great time to be able to talk with with so many talented, enthusiastic young students that are just looking to learn. And uh, obviously, one of the big issues this week Last week is one of the biggest issues in the world right now, which is what is government doing to our money, the consequences of inflation. And uh, with our nine part animated video uh, series that we uh, have released over the last uh, few months, uh, we've gotten great feedback from it. But it's also, I think, getting people to think about these things, not only from a theoretical perspective and even from, from a liberty perspective, but also thinking about you know how we are funding really bad people. The the the, the way this plays right into tyranny and and all of the the great reset and all this sort of very bad sort of uh, things going on right now. And it's so I think it's one of the most important issues out there. And we're just trying to help people understand it in a way where you don't need to read a, a nine hundred page book uh, <laughs> to kind of get what what really is important in it. Well, I mean, let's be
0: real. Talking about money to your average person beyond just the idea that it's what helps them pay the bills and put food in the table. I mean, they're like, Brian, I'm sorry, I have to worry about 10 other things that are way more top of mind to me versus trying to sit down and understand why money is important, the origins of money, and then to understand how government has its dirty fingers in every aspect of our money and how that negatively impacts us. And yet what you guys have done is that you've taken what I would dare say is very difficult sometimes to understand this idea of money and and how it pertains to a lot of the problems we see today. And to your point, broke it down into some very easy to digest videos. You said it, nine videos over on YouTube and uh, they're ballpark, you know, two to five minutes or so each video. And it starts out with the origin of money and goes all the way through where we're uh, at today and what's gonna be happening over the next 10, 20, 30 years, the privatization of money. So talk to us about the inspiration. And I know you touched on it a little bit there in terms of meeting people on the issues right now that are truly mattering and they're seeing right now before the inflation cost of living, it's hitting real uh, ho- close to home. <laughs> And, and, and maybe for the first time, for a lot of folks who are politically unaware or agnostic for the most part, now they're actually feeling it and they're asking some questions themselves. So let's maybe go back a little bit to uh, the, the development of this video series. How did that conversation take place? And, and what's been, the, obviously, the ultimate feedback you've received thus far? What's
1: well, interesting is at, at the Mises Institute, a lot of our work in the past has been kind of scholarly focused. It's it's about creating all of kind of the that, that intellectual rabbit hole that people go down and so, a lot of our content, uh, you know, we, obviously we've had some great kind of beginner sort of content in the form of economics in one lesson, and some of our articles out there. Uh, but one of the things the last few years we've been focusing on is trying to create kind of easier one-on-one style uh, sort of, of videos and clips and things like that. Uh, we, we, had, we had a donor, James Klutz, who, who was you know, very passionate about this. And so, um, previously we did an, a, a series called Economics for Beginners um, that was kind of a similar sort of mold. Um, you know, different sort of animation style, but really kind of capturing the, the unique sort of Austrian approach of of kind of basic economics. And then after that was very successful, you know, we were looking for a new project. And obviously, Murray Rothbard's "What Has Government Done to Our Money?" the, the mini book was always one of my favorites. It was, I think it's one of the, the great sort of introductions into these issues. And so when I went about writing this, I wanted to try to capture the es- essence of what Rothbard um, was capturing with with his book, right, which which went into the theory. And then, you know, the origins of money and then some of the history and then trying to extend it beyond that, that the mini book itself was written in the 1960s. Obviously, a lot has changed since then. I mean, this was even before, you know, America went off the gold standard fully with uh, Nixon closing the window in 71. So trying to bring it beyond where Rothbard had taken it, but still trying to keep it very simple uh, as much as possible. And obviously capturing not only the, the current inflationary environment, which, you know, nothing sparks people to think a little bit more closely about economics. than when they're feeling that pain hmm. in their day-to-day life, that takes it away from being something theoretical to being something construct and kind of those kitchen table issues, but then you can also tie it into the consequences of, you know, you know, why are central banks trying to, to create their own central bank currencies, you know, make it a lot easier to track things. And I think a lot of people recognize the dangers of that after everything we've experienced, you know, with COVID, you know, understanding how this plays into, you know, the, the, the great reset sort of ideas and of course, you know, what are the roles that something like a Bitcoin or or, you know, some states being more interested in gold and silver sort of policies? You know, how how can this dynamic going forward? You know, I think ultimately it doesn't matter where you want the political spectrum. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, a libertarian, a Democrat, whatever. If you're concerned about kind of the consolidation of power and and the you know, this 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 oligarch class trying to impose their values on you. I think ultimately there's no way of getting around the the ultimate dynamic of power here. Which is the politicalization or the privatization of money at its core? Yeah, you know, I think the, the Canadian trucker situation is, is one yep. example of that, and so can trying to tie all those strings together. Um, it, it was a lot of fun to do and just, again, a great honor to be able to try to provide that on, on a, a site with obviously so much great work within this specific topic.
0: One of the uh, particular episodes I really enjoyed was the, the, the PhD standard. And the reason being is because you, you hinted at it over the past few years, what we've really seen take place, not just in terms of policy, but also in terms of the narrative behind said policy. And it was what? Trust the experts. And, and you, that's really what we've seen happen to our monetary policy is it's gone away and this is something you guys very uh, well explained in the video it's gone away from the traditional gold standard and instead has really turned into this leviathan of different uh you know whether it's banking uh, or you know different government organizations bureau- just it's become one big bureaucratic mess and it has in its bureaucratic mess now become essentially this this you know hoity-toity uh, expert class. And you, you guys mentioned it, the PhD standard, where it's folks who really have never had to get outside of the the intellectual, you know, let's talk about this and not actually put it into practice, actually see what is the real impacts of the policies we're talking about. So that one, actually, I, I found that episode particularly uh, interesting. What other episodes have you heard a particular folks bring up as, as things that they've really enjoyed here for these nine uh, different episodes?
1: Yeah, well, that, that was a very fun one to do. And, and I think particularly in this time where obviously after you know all, all of the, the disaster of public health experts and the amount of power we've kind of thrust upon them very vividly in a very short period of time, you know, I, one of the things I've tried to, to play out and touch on it within the video series and some of my writings is that all of the, the issues that people have, like a Dr. Fauci, are very valid. But we also need to understand that this sort of same dynamic has been at place within the economics sphere of things. Really, I would argue, uh, going back, particularly with with Alan Greenspan, there was a great amplification there. But you know what Ben Bernanke did during the uh, the you know, 2008 2010 years is you know I think he should be tried alongside A Fauci. And again, when when you have a lot of people becoming distrustful of the quality of of our university system, the quality of of this expert class, and you know, having them recognize that you know when you substitute gold, you substitute it for the judgment of this very specific sort of isolated sort of people one of the the really interesting things is that you know one of america's most powerful exports abroad has been this sort of of uh you know monetary central planning to all these other countries that are suffering from the same exact situation in the main case even worse than we are yeah um, because they kind of adopted those ideas uh, one, one of the other videos uh I, I, my, my personal one if 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 i, if I can admit to having a favorite one <laughs> Is, is the one that came, comes after that, which is kind of the, the, the consequences of political money. Yep. And because, yeah, again, when we talk about inflation, it's, it's good that people recognize, okay, prices going up. That's bad for us. And so, so that, that economic pain, uh, well, obviously wish that was not happening. You know, that's something that people see immediately. It's right in front of them. One of the things that I find interesting, though, is if you, if you kind of expand on that, the non purely economic consequences of what we're doing to our money supply, affects so many other major issues that people talk about. You know, if you're concerned about big tech censorship yep. and kind of the consolidation of big tech, well, that's a direct byproduct of us subsidizing the core you know, basically debt that large corporations can have. Right. Facebook was able to buy Instagram and WeChat to to really consolidate its power because of low interest rate environments, right? That the cultural side of things, if if you make it, if you punish people for doing the responsible things, for example, if you punish people for saving Rather than taking out loans, then you're going to have a cultural dynamic there that I, I think is very devastating for civilization itself. And so that, that's one of the one of the topics I really enjoyed kind of getting into. It's something that really Austrians are, are kind of stand alone and talking about. And uh, that's that's it came up a little bit during Mises U as well. That's one of those topics that I really enjoy trying to run out in, in non-libertarian, non-Austrian um, uh, audiences because it, it gets them to kind of think about you know, why economics is so foundational, right? It's, it's not simply supply right. and demand charts. I, I think that's something that connects in a little bit different uh, manner than some kind of purely economic, materialistic, you know, supply and demand sort of style arguments out there.
0: Well, and think about like the impact of addressing the, uh, the money issue, right? Head on versus addressing the outcomes of the money issue it's like if we were to look at it this from the perspective of a doctor right you you want to not just get rid of the cancer you want to ultimately get rid of the root cause of the cancer so when when we look at a lot of the the political conversations that take control of the the modern political discourse, a lot of those conversations are in response to trying to remedy the actual problems, not actually solve the actual reason that we're in the problem. And and I think that speaks to exactly why I maybe am gravitating so much towards this because what we talk about here in the program often is bringing solutions to the table versus just trying to focus on winning arguments. And if we can, instead of focusing on winning arguments about the problems we see, instead actually bring real tangible solutions that people can say, oh, I see now that it is actually the, the money that's causing the main issues that we see today, whether it's you're you a conservative and you don't like big tech. Well, hey, guess what? Big tech was a direct result of the money issue. And, and the fact that a lot of these big tech companies, they're not even profitable. I think that's the part that blows me away the right, most right. is that we look at these these massive companies that they put them on the pedestal of you know the top beacons uh, of industry in, in America, and yet they, they don't really make anything. If anything, they lose money. So I think it helps reset the narrative. And that's partly what we've been trying to help here in the program as well, is refocusing on re- readdressing the narratives instead of responding to narratives is change the way that we're approaching these, these topics and these issues. Because at the end of the day, if nobody else is talking about the money issue then the issue is not going to be discussed and it's not going to be addressed it's going to continue to be a problem and it's going to help make things worse and we've just seen over the past i think 10 years yeah 10 years i was on a congressional campaign and i remember we were just like talking about the idea of the, the uh debt getting in the, the double digits of the you know trillions of dollars now we're we're well over you know what's it right. 20 some odd trillion 30 trillion we're it's it the numbers don't even make sense now so this is a perfect time to have this conversation. So talk to me. What's been the feedback that you've been getting across the board from the, the videos? And obviously, um, I, I would love to hear maybe some of the, the negatives. Has, have you heard any folks who have tried to, to debunk or, or take on the, uh, the approach here from your nine video series?
1: No, for, for the most part all, all the feedback we've gotten has been, been positive' I mean, the amount of viewers of viewers that we've gotten um, you know, b- both on YouTube but also kind of our, our standalone site what is government done to our money.com have been incredible I mean the, the internal numbers are, are are really you know have, have exceeded any expectation we've had um, and, and again it's just it's because the, the time is right and and I think that you know, t- you know, to your point you know often it, the money issue has been a blind spot I think for a lot of other kind of free market groups out there. I mean, even Milton Friedman, right, I, you know, his views on the Fed contrasted uh, very severely to that of, you know, Louis von Mises or Murray Rothbard. And, and I think particularly right now, with, with just the, the, the scope and scale of everything that has gone on within the financial system, really going back to the response to 2008, it, it's something that it, it's, it's if we don't take a second and, and step backwards and appreciate the degree to which this has misaligned financial incentives right you're you talking about the corporations that, that aren't profitable they we call them like zombie companies All right and these are companies that focus on kind of growth in the marketplace over profit and loss which you can kind of get away with a little bit at first whatever and the problem is that you have so many of these companies that have that, that, that were based on being able to just kind of recycle their debt with cheap interest rates and now when you add into that that This current environment where the Fed right now is trying to massively juice up interest rates, which I think is the right move. Like For all my criticisms of J-PAL in the past, all my criticisms of the Fed as the institution, I, I think that this increase in the interest rate is the proper way of handling this. The problem is, is that this is something that these companies were not pricing in right. a year ago. I mean the, the Federal Reserve – I mean there's no Fed board member a year ago that thought that interest rates were going to be what they are right now. And so the consequences, once you start cre- you're raising this price of, of debt – this price of money, and you don't have that factored in, and your entire business strategy is is dependent upon this sort of addiction to cheap money, these are going to be major, major consequences. And so this is kind of this, where where the powers that be have found themselves in a lose-lose situation, where on the one side, if they did nothing, if they kept low low interest rates low, the inflation side of things have been going crazy. And that's, that's a major immediate driver. The problem is, is that, when you have the consequences of increasing interest rates and people are going to start seeing their 401k, I mean, are, they're already seeing their 401ks being, being hit by yep. that, you know, th- their net worth being hit housing prices where a lot of people may be overextended in that. I think it's less of a problem where I'm at here, here in Florida because there's still a ton of people trying to come in here. But if you're out in California, if you're out in some of these other markets, people's you know net value is going down in a big, big way. And that, that itself is going to create a situation where people are going to ask why why, that, why is that? And so the more people we have being able to explain to people in, in a way that, that resonates with them, you know, if they can give a better explanation for what is going in the world right now than other people, I think that will help the entire larger movement of, of you know, identifying the value that comes with our ideas in, in, in the broad sense. And I've been very fortunate to be able to talk to a lot of kind of normy conservative audiences. I, I went out to the Babylon Bee uh, uh, last month uh, for an episode that's coming up soon, um, you know I've been had a lot of fun you know, taking this sort of good old Rothbardian you know monetary theory and taking it to audiences that don't have a lot of, of interactions uh, uh, with with even you know us in the Ron Paul crowd sort of things and and the lights have gone on. I mean the, the amount of of boomers, the amount of of young you know college Turning Point USA people, um, the amount of people that can n- not normally in our orbit. That are recognizing, okay, you you have something to say here, and this stuff it, it, it fits with something I've already felt in my gut, right? Yep. You know, looking at at the debt ceiling, looking at you know how long this stuff can go on, it hits with my gut, and 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 you know, I, they've been resonating, I think, very well to the way that we lay it out in this this series, which has been a lot of fun to see.
0: Yeah, and one of the the uh, the last things I wanted to touch on here is you brought up people starting to ask why, and then I think the next logical question is well then what can we do and right. that goes to the the last video and that is the the future of money and we talk about the privatization of money specifically addressing bitcoin now i'm i'm curious we've seen over the past few months bitcoin really has taken a hit cryptocurrency across the board's taking a hit mm-hmm. i i think the the merits of crypto and the merits behind bitcoin's and and you know ethereum specifically are are strong but let's kind of dig into the future of private money where do you see this fitting into the conversation as we move things forward? Is it still, you know, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin going to have as much of an impact as it's had in the past few years? And do we really see maybe companies starting to embrace alternatives like cryptocurrency to avoid the impacts of the Fed changing the inflation rates or the impacts of uh, federal governments with their uh, infinite spending uh, plans that seem to come out year after year?
1: the last few months have been interesting because I think what you're seeing is that everything we're talking about, right, in the the, the degree to which people were were building you know, uh, business plans and, and making investments on that low interest rate environment, you know, we we we've seen the consequences of rising interest rate and in sort of a tightening financial environment hit a variety of industries. And I think a lot of people maybe mentally thought, okay, crypto is a, a com- competitor to the dollar, and therefore it's naturally going to benefit from. Uh, Inflation, And yet failing to recognize how much of this sort of crypto ecosystem was itself kind of dependent upon cheap credit. Um, I'm still very, very bullish on Bitcoin. If you look at the world right now, I I don't see any less of a demand for a non-politicized, non-politically manipulatable uh, uh, unit of account. And so I I think that ultimately the underlying arguments for Bitcoin, people like Saifede Mamoose makes in the Bitcoin standard, I think that's as strong as ever before. I am a lot less optimistic about most other crypto projects. I'm not not, going to try to to paint with a broad brush here necessarily. (laughs) Um, I I think most of those, though, don't have the same sort of argument that Bitcoin has. But but going forward, I I think that there's also something to be said about gold and silver. I think that the weaponization of the dollar, which has really been, I think, amplified with the uh, kind of the global financial war against Russia for its aggression within Ukraine, highlights this additional moment which is kind of the recognition globally that the dollar is a a you know that the tip of the spear of America's military uh you know, response you know foreign policy response to actors it doesn't like and I think that itself kind of fuels the need for other countries to look at alternatives so I think there's still probably a role for gold you know maybe even silver and and that, one of the beauties though of the kind of the Austrian perspective of money is that we're not necessarily explicitly pro one outcome out of any of these non-political alternatives the main thing is simply allowing for a marketplace to develop where people have the option to to choose the currencies that they want to make a kind of an entrepreneurial judgment on on what are going to last longer what's going to be in the best their long-term interest and so one of the things i would like to focus on from a policy perspective which we don't touch in the series but it's something i've had a lot of fun conversations with a variety of people in the last few months is you know if we abolish taxes, on gold, silver, and cryptocurrency, um, which, which you know, very much kind of resembles a bill that Ron Paul pushed back when he was in Congress, it was the Competition in Currencies Act. That's one of those. It's it's something that I think can be kind of attached to a much broader sort of you know the next generic Republican tax bill whenever that comes to line. Right. You know, when re- re- Republicans take over the federal government, they're only good at two things: giving the military money and and <laughs> you know, passing a tax cut. If you can kind of get, it, get just a few figures and understand why this matters. And then kind of work in this very subtle sort of bill on top of a big thing. I, I think that's something that could really create an opportunity within the US of, of, of really attracting, you know, making it safer to invest in, in Bitcoin or gold. Because what we do know is on the other side, there's a lot of people that recognize that these other alternative currencies do threaten um, some of their plans for censorship, for greater control. And so, you know, we need to try to be doing everything possible to, to, to eliminate the, the impending barriers and, and the, the currently existing air barriers that that re- reduce competition and currency and it's that provide as many alternatives as possible and then let the market figure it out from there.
0: This conversation could keep going, but unfortunately, we're already hard-pressed for time, Though I know, it, it goes fast. So unfortunately, what we have to do is go to the part of the show where we go through final thoughts. So uh, anything you want to make sure the audience takes away from today's conversation or anything in particular you want to make sure that folks uh, maybe will focus on as we're talking about money and specifically, and we talk about this all the time here in the show, selling these ideas to friends and family, your average person. What's some advice you would give as we, uh, we take away today's episode?
1: I think one of the biggest things is, again, just, just – if you spend just a little bit of time every day understanding the headlines in a kind of a deeper way, that's one of the things the Mises Institute tries to do with all of our, our daily articles, um, with, with our podcasts and things like that. I think now is really going to be a time where there's going to be chaos going on. Um, you know, The more that you can be the person in the room that can better explain the headlines in a way that you know, pe- people know that the press isn't telling them the truth, if you can provide a better narrative to the struggles that we're dealing with I think that's going to benefit you not only intellectually, but can benefit you within you know, raise, you know, the, the quality of, of the knowledge of your friends, your community. And, and perhaps, uh, uh you know, I think that's, that's where we can really benefit from these, I, the value of these ideas is demonstrating that our, our lens lets us better understand the world than other people. We need to be able to, it takes continual work to do it. You can't just read one book and just kind of coast off of it. But, uh, that's where one of the, one of the, uh, the, the real main purposes, I think of the Mises Institute. And of course, If anyone out there has any questions, I'm always happy to answer them. Um, Feel free to hit me up on Twitter, uh, email, anything like that.
0: Perfect, you, you took it right out of my mouth. I was gonna say social media plugs, but you hit us with it, perfect. Thank you, though. And folks, I will obviously make that easy for you. I'll include all those links in today's show notes. So all you gotta do, if you're on your podcast uh, version of the, the show, uh, go to your audio catcher, make sure you click the artwork. It'll bring you right to today's episode where you can find, yes, all of the links, as we mentioned, but also the entire transcript from today's episode. Plus, you can find the YouTube version uh, for the show. Head over to YouTube if you have not yet. Hit that subscribe button and also hit that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we go live and oh by the way uh, did you go ahead and get your tickets to revolution 2022 down in florida yet folks if not mm, sorry they're already sold out so if you are heading down to revolution 2022 this thursday through saturday i will see you there Uh, yours truly will be there on meteor row and also we will have a a table there at uh, rev 2022 so make sure you stop by and say hello and then uh, also did you check out the uh, episode we had air yesterday it was getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. I'll make sure if you did not see that episode, I will include it right here below me and I'll see uh, you over there. But with that being said, folks, thank you for joining us on today's episode. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Tho Bishop. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com today.